I said to them, who owns you? They would say, Jean-Paul owns me. He makes me laugh. There's nothing else to be said. I was the best. Except for one girl. I saw her at the table, right in the middle of the club, at the table all by herself. And I wondered what she was thinking. I thought, maybe she's at the wrong place. Maybe she uh, is not ready for comedy. I couldn't figure it out. I was very curious. So I decided I would go to her table and sit down with her and question her about what she was thinking and find out what she was feeling and why she wasn't laughing at my act. Maybe I learned something. Who knows? So after the set, I went to the back. I got a drink from the bar. And I went down the aisle quietly, down the, to past the tables. People recognize me. They shake my hand. They make me feel so good with their comments. But then I walk over to the table where she's sitting. And I sit down in the chair next to her. And I say hello. And she turned to me. And she's a little surprised. She said, well, well, you were just up on the stage. I said, that's right. Now I'm sitting right next to you. What do you think about that? She says, oh, well, you frightened me a little bit because you're up on the stage. You're bigger than life. And here you're, you're just a handsome man sitting next to me. I say, well, you think I'm a handsome man? I think you're a beautiful girl. She said, that's very nice of you. I said, well, it's very nice of you to say that I'm handsome. But I'm very curious. I was up on the stage. I was doing my act. Everyone was laughing. Everyone was singing with me when I sing. Everyone clapping when I do my tap dance. How come you don't smile? You don't laugh? What happened? So that's why I'm here. I'm, I want to find out what, what was wrong. Is something wrong? Maybe I can help you. And she said, well, no, nothing's wrong. I said, well, didn't you find me funny? She said, well, not really. I said, what are you talking about? Everybody found me funny. She said, no. She said, the funny faces, the funny lines, the funny dance steps, the little magic funny tricks. What does it have to do with real life? And I said, well, I mean, it's there to make people laugh. That's what I do. I make people laugh. She said, well, if it's really funny, then it will be something that has to do with real life, with living, with a real human interaction and understanding of what the human condition is. I mean, the great humorists, she says to me, the great humorists, they have uh, important things to say that, that are embedded carefully inside their humor so that when the people walk away from the club, they think about it, they take it home, they live with the information, with the wisdom of the uh, humor. And I say, well, I don't know. I, I think that my humor is as good as anybody's humor. It certainly makes people laugh. So we go back to her place. We have a drink and she she asked me she said what happened to you in your life it's difficult or tragic and I said oh my dear if I told you the difficult things that happened to me in my life you wouldn't believe it and she said well what 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 happened to you and I said well to start things off my parents died in a car accident when I was two years old and then I was taken to an orphanage people who used to take care of the children, they were cruel. They beat us when we didn't learn our lessons. They beat us if we didn't get down on our knees and pray the way they wanted us to. And it was very painful and I have scars from the blows and the whips and the canes that came down on my flesh for those years, those five long years until I was seven years old. And then I ran away and I was on my own for a long time. 
I didn't have any uh, any home at all, and I would wander around the countryside working at odd jobs. And one job I, I had was was shoveling the horse manure in, a, in stables. And here, the, the man I worked for, he was so cruel. Every time, he, if, if, if he didn't do it exactly the way he liked it, he would throw me in a, in a vat of horse manure, and I almost drowned. I mean, I, I, I couldn't breathe, and, and I was swallowing, and it was terrible, and uh, I, I got very sick, and uh, I got the fever. And because of the fever, I can no longer have children. It destroyed my reproductive system. I, I lost everything. And so I finally ran away from that job. I couldn't stand it anymore. The horsemen, oh, it was too terrible. And I finally got a place in a, in, a, in a factory where there was an assembly line, and I worked on the assembly line, putting little springs inside a mechanism for making bombs for the war. And hour after hour, hundreds and hundreds of these little spring mechanisms that we put in the bombs, some of these two children who worked there died. They, they simply couldn't take it anymore, and their little bodies gave out, and they slumped over the assembly line, and they were swept along on the conveyor belt and stuffed with spring mechanisms and, and cut up and stuffed into bombs, and they would be dropped over the enemy territory, and they would explode. Those poor little children, who knew? No one knew their lives were gone up in smoke. But the worst thing that happened to me there was I fell asleep and my hand fell on the, on the conveyor belt and it went. And just before I woke up, my hand was brought under a machine and the machine came down and it stuffed a spring into my little pinky and I still have a little spring inside my pinky. After that, I couldn't operate the machine properly. I couldn't stuff the springs properly, so they threw me out. They didn't even give me the wages for the day I worked. And I was out on the street, and I started to eat out of garbage cans. And I stayed alive, doing one thing after another, never really having any relationships with people, never even knowing anyone, hardly knowing myself. And I would beg for food and beg for money, little coins, and I found a little hat and a monkey, a mechanical monkey. And I would wind the monkey up and the monkey would jump and I would say things to the monkey and make a little song and we would do a little act and I would hold out the hat and the people would put uh, a few coins in the hat and, and I would go and, and buy some food and sleep in the doorway. I was a beggar for many years, but that's where I learned how to tell a joke. I learned that if the people were laughing, then they would give me the money. Finally, someone saw me performing on a street corner and told me that I could come into the club and perform at the club because I was making everyone laugh who was watching on the street corner. And I came into the club and I made the people laugh. And he gave me a drink and a little money. And he said, come back tomorrow night. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. I became a professional comic making money in the clubs. I tell the jokes all night, and I sleep all day, and I don't know no one else. I can't seem to break away from this constant sadness that has colored my life forever. I don't know how. I barely get by. And I looked at her, and she was so sad. And she had tears running down her face. And she looked in my eyes, and she said, that's what you should be talking about. That's the story you should be telling the people in the clubs. And I said, you mean the tragic story of my life and the pain? She said, yes, if you could tell those stories, then you would be speaking from your heart. Then you would be telling the people what they need to know. And 
they would go home and they would be better people because of what you would tell them about the pain in your life. Then you would really be doing something important with your life. And I said, I don't know if I can tell them that, but I hear what you're saying. You're so wise and beautiful. thing I do with my hat and when I throw my knee around my neck <laughs> they work like magic I am the best comedian this girl <laughs> she was good in bed but she don't know nothing about comedy 